You are listening to Kingdom Faith, where we focus on the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On this week's episode, we talk about what the cost of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. So this this episode is going to be slightly different from some of our other episodes. It's going to be more like a devotion. So I pray that you just kind of soak in what we have to say, and but most of all, soak in what you hear of God's word mm-hmm. um, in this episode, because that's what's the most important. Sometimes I say on Wednesday uh, when I preach, I do it more. So if I mess up, I, uh, <laughs> You're I can't not say anything bad. <laughs> and I always say that. If all I ever did was read the Word of God up here, it had been good that you guys were here today. Because the Word of God is the most important thing. And and I think uh, in this episode, I'm excited to get to talk about more specific uh, about God's Word. Um, to really uh, dig a little bit deeper. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and read the main passage that we have. And that's Luke chapter 14, 25-35. So large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said... If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if there's if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish, Everyone who sees uh, it will ridicule you, saying, This person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able, with 10,000 men, to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those who do not... Who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? If it is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile, it is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Ben, that's kind of a kind of self-explanatory passage of scripture, but can you tell us maybe a little bit of context uh, before all this happens? Yeah, so, so... When you're looking at scripture and when you're really looking at scripture deep, it's always good to just have a basic grasp of the context of what's going on, who's talking, who are they talking to. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those those set of verses, just 10 verses, just a little, little lesson by Jesus that packs so much into it. And hopefully what we talk about today gets at the main point of what he's saying even if we do miss some of that minor stuff. But hopefully we won't miss any of that minor <laughs> stuff. So so looking at Luke, Luke is written by this guy. I think he was a doctor, and his name's Luke, obviously. And Luke also is is given authorship of Acts, and he is Paul's traveling companion. So, so when you're reading Luke and when you're reading Acts, you expect a lot of heavy influence from Paul because he's basically there the whole time it's being written. Along with that, looking at Luke, Luke is a more topical... Uh, gospel than chronological so what that means is that luke doesn't necessarily put everything in the right order of events that they happened Mm -hmm. but it focuses in on each specific event to more talk about uh what is going on finer details of what is going on so those are just a couple big themes Mm -hmm. running throughout luke now looking at what has happened up to this point uh, so 
Jesus has been tempted by the devil at this point. He, he has conquered those temptations. He has called his disciples. He's talking to his disciples here, and he's also talking to a crowd. Mm-hmm. He has given his sermon on the mount. Mm-hmm. So Jesus has given his main sermon. Then you know it's that sermon that so many times people go back to in Matthew. The Sermon on the Mount takes up like what two or three chapters. Mm-hmm. It's a big chunk of Jesus's lessons, and he has also gone through the Transfiguration. So so Jesus's main disciples, including Peter, have seen and have confirmed, and they know mm-hmm. this is the Messiah. This is the Son of God, mm-hmm. and they might still have some doubts. I mean, everyone has some doubts. But they know it. It has been established to them. God has spoken through the clouds. This yeah. is my son. Obey him. So this all leads up to Luke 15. And right before Luke 14, sorry, I just said 15. So in 13, right before 14, Jesus talks about the narrow way. And he, he is giving this little moment where he says, you know, do your best to enter the narrow doorway. Because at that moment of judgment, there's going to be people who said, didn't we cast out demons in your name and heal in your name? Like, wouldn't that make us your followers You saved, mm-hmm. like covered by grace? And Jesus is going to say, no, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm-hmm. So all this leads up to this section in 14 where he's just continuing this lesson of what it takes to be a true follower, a true disciple of Jesus. And that... That takes us to this discussion in 25 through 35. So, like um, me and Ben obviously discussed the episodes uh, before we do them, and I believe that everything here in this passage from 25 to 35 hinges on, on verses 26 and 27, which is, If anyone comes to me and does not hate their father, mother, wife, children, brother, sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross to follow me cannot be my disciple. That's a huge cost. Hmm. I mean, that's everything. Yeah. That's your family. That and then he, I'm I'm glad it's so specific there. It says yes, even your own life, um, because we have to be able and willing to give up our own life. And Jesus here is talking about just that complete allegiance towards Him, not having anything else in the way, and that and and I know a lot of people can struggle with with verse uh, twenty six. So I'll kind of let Ben talk about that for just a, a minute here. Yeah. So in Luke twenty six. Luke 26, Luke 14, 26, Jesus is talking about hating your family, right? Yeah. And and so critics of the Bible, critics of Christianity, they see this loving Christ-like figure because it's Jesus. And, and they see him saying to hate, to hate your family. And that really hurts. And that's a big challenge to Christians. They mm. don't know how to explain this all the time. And so we wanted to talk about that. What Jesus is really saying, like what Phil said, it's more about your allegiance. Jesus wants to establish that he is number one in your life. And some, a couple ways, and we might have talked about this before, one of the ways that this looks is Jesus wants you to love him so much that in comparison, it looks like you hate everything else. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way to say it yeah. because he's not telling you, hey, I want you to hate your mom. Hey, I want you to hate your dad. Because Jesus also says you need to honor your your mother mm-hmm. and father. Jesus followed those commandments because he was Jewish. He yeah. was called to honor his father and mother. So him saying that and then saying these things, 
they're, they would be in contradiction if you don't look at that deeper meaning mm-hmm. of what Jesus is saying here. Something that Phil's going to talk about in a little bit is is Luke 9, because there's a section in Luke 9 that is almost the, the same thing that Jesus is saying here. And he talks about giving stuff up, giving up your family and, and following him and picking up your cross. And I would say it's kind of like in school. If your teacher says something twice, you remember it, you write it down because it's mm-hmm. important. And the fact that Jesus gives this little narrative of the cost of following him twice, you can pay attention to it, write yeah. it down. It means something. I can't imagine, you know, how r- radical verse 26 mm-hmm. would have been, especially to the Jewish people. I mean, family was everything. Yeah. I mean, like you said, one of our Ten Commandments, to honor our father, father and mother. And, I mean, if you think of how kind of the chain of events worked, and I won't get super into it because it's pretty deep. On this person was supposed to take care of this person. If this person died and, and th- this brother-in-law was supposed to take care of, of this person's wife, it was all about making sure that the family was taken care mm-hmm. of. And that would be, there could be, I don't know, 15 people in a house. Now, yeah. I don't know that for sure, but it would be something like that because it all fell on responsibility after responsibility. It all had to do with family. And then Jesus comes in here and says to hate yeah. your father and mother. <laughs> and I can only imagine what they would have thought. But also in verse 27, this would be confusing to me if I was a disciple yeah. of Jesus at this point because... They really didn't have a concept of what Jesus was about to go through. Mm. Um, I think maybe, see, like you said, Luke is more topical, so um, I can't quite remember, but there's a couple times that Jesus would reference um, kind of him going to the cross, and, and the disciples were kind of confused about it. Like, they didn't understand that he was going to have to die. And we know from from other Gospels that Peter especially says, no way, Jesus, you know, we're not going to let this happen. We're not going to let him come and get you. And But Jesus knew that he was going to have to take up his own cross for our sins. And here he's telling us to carry our own. Hmm. Um, and us knowing that what Jesus went through and kind of that cost that he had kind of puts in perspective how hard it is to carry your cross. Yeah, it it cost everything here is jesus saying it costs everything and and it does cost everything and he says you know someone you have to give up your own life and and that is everything to everybody Mm -hmm. but just to list some things you know it's going to cost you your time to follow jesus it's going to cost you your money to follow jesus it's going to cost you all your wants your desires, all your habits that you have, any preferences that you have. It's going to cost you your sin, and it's going to cost you yourself. You have to be willing to give up all those things. And and to put it into perspective, Jesus talks about this rich young ruler. And basically, the, the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and asks basically, what, what do I need to do to, to be a follower, to be saved, or, or whatever? And... Jesus says, you know, have you kept the law? And the religious uh, or the rich uh, ruler says, yeah, I've kept them all. I've kept this. I've kept that. Kept them all since my childhood. But then Jesus says, you know, you're lacking one thing. And and to give up all your possessions, um, give them to the poor and follow me. And the Bible says that 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 young man went away sad. 
Um, and I'm going to assume he went away sad because he couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, he couldn't count the cost. He couldn't. He couldn't weigh the how good it actually is to give up everything and follow Jesus. And and Christians struggle with that to this very day, yeah. especially when we're talking about money. But but all these things I think get thrown under the bus because we think of money being such the hot, you know, the the big thing, the the hard cost um, to get rid of. When actual, I think we struggle more with our desires and our habits and our preferences. Because I, I can be the first one to say that I can be set in my ways mm-hmm. the wrong way sometimes. Yeah. And this is why in Luke uh, chapter 9, uh, verse 20, 23 through 25 says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? See, like you said, there's there's other times that that Jesus kind of says the cost of what it is to, to follow him and and he says, you know, that we have to deny ourselves, that we have to take up our cross. But the word here that's more specific than what we read in Luke is daily. Hmm. That this isn't a one-time thing. This isn't something that you do one time and say, I'm good. This is something that you do every single day. And when you hmm. think about the weight of, of the cross and the weight of the cost that, that we have, it gets heavy. Yeah. Because this is what we've said. You have to be self-controlled. You have to be self-disciplined. Um, you have to be in His Word. You have to be in prayer because none of this that we're talking about can ever be done without the Holy Spirit. And I'll probably talk about that a little bit more, but just think about what we must be willing to lay aside. Because I know for me, and I know Ben, and, and, and probably so many other listeners, there's things in our lives that we're, we have a hard time laying aside. There's some things that are easy. To like, I'm I'm pretty good at laying down my money. Say, okay, God, if you want me to give, I'm gonna give. You know, just trust in the Holy Spirit with with my money. Um, but I would say that I would struggle more with maybe my time, giving away my time um, for whether that's reading the Word, sharing the gospel, so many different things that we can do to follow Jesus with everything. Yeah, I can tell you, Phil, what mine is. And but before I do that, I would say, really examine yourself. Uh, Phil's, is it Psalm 139, 23, and 24? And it says, search me, God, know my heart. Mm-hmm. Test me and, and know my concern. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in your everlasting way. Mm-hmm. But pray, pray that psalm. Pray that God would search you and know your heart. And then self-examine yourself. Because if you really think about it, you will be able to figure out fairly quickly what it is you're not willing to give up. Phil, you said it was your time. For me, my time is pretty easy. You know, sometimes I clash with Juliet because <laughs> she doesn't want to do something that I'm like, hey, we got to do this thing. For me, and this might get a little personal, for me, it's my sense of being right. Mm-hmm. And, and there are so many times where I'm like, I'm right. I know I'm right. Deal with it. This person's wrong. And I get really proud and I get really... Uh, self-righteous and part of the cost of being a disciple for me is being willing to lay down that sense of I got it all figured out I know I'm right I know my way is right because 
my way isn't right. Jesus's way is right. And I mm-hmm. need to make sure that I'm in his way and not in my way. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I believe that when we do take up our cross daily, when we uh, kind of put those things in perspective, that some of those things become easier because, you know, that, that weight, we begin to trust Jesus with the weight. We begin to trust trust Jesus to help us carry our cross because he this is why I I struggle sometimes and I think it's probably a good struggle because it's completely wrong um, <laughs> when there are people other Christians and pastors and teachers or whatever that say that Christianity is easy that it's all going to be roses when you become a believer you're going to be blessed you know all those things and sunshines and, and sunshine and daisies phil yeah sunshine <laughs> and daisies when that is right when we were reading it here that's completely false um it's going to be hard it's going to be heavy um there's a, a verse in matthew that kind of illustrates this very same thing is that jesus says he's he came with the sword that he's going basically divide mother against uh, daughter and, and son against father and and basically their your your own enemies are going to be members of your own household and and he's telling this right to the disciples because if we were to go further we would see how this passage of scripture here in Luke 14 is coming to life in the disciples life mm-hmm. when when Jesus uh, ascends into heaven and, and the Holy Spirit's come the disciples are heavily persecuted yeah like persecuted to the max to persecuted to the point of death um and you see that obviously through paul's letters through acts um that that jesus warned them that it wasn't going to be easy that it was going to be hard that it was going to cost them their own life but he says those who are willing to lose their life those who are willing to give up their life gain life Mm. have eternal life um, are blessed because of it see we think of blessings more of a material thing when in actual it's more of a spiritual thing. Um, blessings can come with joy and peace and, and, and happiness, even in the face of persecution and, and heaviness and, and taking up our cross and, and all those things. But I do want to say this, this thing and here in the passages. I don't want to skip over them because it's what we're talking about. But I won't go in super uh, detail about them because, like I said, I, th- I believe this passage hinges on 26 and 27. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus here illustrates it. Yeah. With the guy who builds a, a, who's going to build a tower, but he didn't estimate the cost. I'll tell you this. If you're going to, don't, be careful that you're going to go and do something that God calls you to do, but only do it part way because there's consequences to it. When you say that I'm going to follow you, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to be your disciples, I'm going to take up my cross, for one, people are watching you. Yeah. And he, I believe he kind of illustrates that here as well. That you say, okay, I'm going to not do this, or I'm going to do this, or whatever, and then you don't do it. I would just say this, and it might sound hard, but it's not. It's always just something good to remember. Jesus would many times say, woe to you, teachers of the law. Woe to you Pharisees, you Sadducees, you hypocrites. Now that's a hard word for sure to hear, but that's exactly what it is. Be careful that you're going to say, I'm going to follow you with everything, but then don't do it because there's discipline in it. Hmm. Um, There's consequences, not only from our Father in heaven, 
because he loves us, because we know that's what scripture says, but there's consequences in this world. Your witness for Jesus Christ, that cross that you bear, when you don't bear it like you should or like Jesus tells us to, the gospel can easily become watered down. Yeah. Somebody who thinks that it's going to be easy when they become a Christian because you're not fully following Jesus or you're just making it seem like something that it actually isn't is a scary place to be. Um, I would also say, here then he talks about this king and he says, wouldn't a king, if he's not going to be able to win, go for peace? When he tried to get some delegation and and while people are you know a long way off, ask for terms of peace. But then he says in verse 33, and I think this is important, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything cannot be my disciples. Yeah, that order that he is giving to that rich young ruler, he's now applying to everyone. Yeah. Everyone who would be a disciple and everyone who would claim to be one. Okay, you're a disciple. Have you renounced all your possessions and picked up your cross and followed me? Because if you haven't done that, you're not a true disciple yet. Mm-hmm. You got one one thing is holding you back. Mm-hmm. And and some people think that, you know, if you can't get it right the first time, then you're done. You might as well walk away. Well, that's not the case. Every mm-hmm. person is on a different walk in their life. Yeah. Every person struggles with a certain different thing to, to give up. And Jesus keeps calling us. Take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily because it is a daily battle. Um, and there's going to be victories. And I will say this because uh, the Bible says we all fall short. That there's going to be those times where you mess up. But I would say, how quick are you to get right back on the right track? Mm. Um, and you can only do that through Jesus. But let me throw in here just really quick. You know, here in 34 and 35, it talks about this salt. Yeah, I, I wrote down in my show notes... Let Phil handle salty verses because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to touch them. <laughs> I would say this to kind of sum it up a little bit with the the whole witness aspect. If you were supposed to be the salt of the earth, we're supposed to be salty people. <laughs> um, when we aren't salty people and we begin to lose our saltiness, which means we're not taking up our cross daily or we're not true disciples or maybe we don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ but claim to mm-hmm. um, because there's people out there that are because like Ben said, people who are going to claim to have done these things in my name but actually they didn't because we can't do things in Jesus' name without Jesus. Mm-hmm. We Just because we say we're doing it in Jesus' name doesn't actually mean we actually are. If hopefully that makes sense. But then he says here, and this is a hard piece. Now, I would say that this might go even to a whole different area, which it does a little bit, but it's still following that same aspect of discipleship and, and, and being a true believer in Christ. Um, it says, It is fit neither for soil nor for manure pile. It is thrown out meaning it's not worth anything. Our unsaltiness, our our sin, all that stuff that creates the unsaltiness or that makes us lose our saltiness is absolutely garbage. It's no good. It's not fit for anything. Um, if you think about it, think about if you had salt that had no flavor, why would you use it? Because it wouldn't be used for anything. It would taste like nothing. I think they call that sand. Yeah, it would be more like sand. It would be crunchy rocks. Um, and it says it's thrown out because it's useless. Now, put that in perspective in your own life for a minute. Do I have aspects of my walk with Christ that are saltless? 
Now, I'm going to say this, that Jesus says what is impossible for man is possible with God. This verse here, it is possible for a person to gain their saltiness back, but only through Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. only through the power of the Holy Spirit, only through the Father, can you gain your saltiness back. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage you to pray continuously and examine yourselves like when when Ben quoted Psalms 139, that David say, examine me, O Lord, and see if there's any wickedness in me. Um, I would encourage you to do that every day. I try to do that every day because I know that I'm not perfect, that I'm not going to be able to take up my cross without him, that I need him to say. And then he says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. That's for everybody. Every person is in these crowds and throughout time has this command. So, so what if someone doesn't have ears? Yeah. Well... I would assume that there would be Holy Spirit intervening through that situation anyways. Normally, they can, <laughs> we have the Bible so we can at least see it <laughs> and read it. We don't have to have ears. These people had ears and they could hear Jesus. But this wasn't just for the large crowds. It wasn't just for the disciples. It was for all the crowds and all the future disciples, all mm -hmm. the future believers, that we have to take up our cross daily, every day. Yeah, so I think to an extent this has been a very hard look at, at Luke 14. And maybe in a future episode we can sit down and we can look at the, the reverse of this, which mm -hmm. would be what we gain through Christ. Because when we look at the cost in comparison to what we gain, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. We gain... It outweighs the cost. Yeah, we gain infinitely more than what we give up mm -hmm. we give up we give up death and we give up an eternity in hell and mm -hmm. we gain life and a new family and and eternity and with christ in heaven yeah. and so this might be a little bit hard but it's hard because there's a reward coming mm -hmm. there is an, an eternity coming it's hard because it's good yeah um, and most things that are hard are normally good mm -hmm. but to just i won't go in depth because you're right i'd love to do an episode on what what we gain because we gain so much it's it's incon it's incomparable to what we lose to what we actually gain and i'll say if we're thinking about what it costs for us i would always compare it to what it cost to jesus he gave his own life for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. Um, and I think that's powerful. I think that means a lot. But I want to read Romans eight nineteen through 14 really quick because it does feed a little bit on what we get, what we gain. Because I don't want to leave on a kind of that somber, <laughs> oh, no, I got to give up everything because... You, you better tell mom you hate her. <laughs> <laughs> but know that it's, it's good. Taking up your cross daily is going to be one of the best things you do in your life. Um, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be one of the best things that you do. But here Romans 8, 9 through 14 says, You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, 
then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who, who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal uh, bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But if it is not to the flesh to live according to it, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if, you, if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Here, I know it's a lot, but I would encourage you on your own time just to sit down and just let that verse resonate inside you. Because we don't live by the flesh. That is, I would sum it up, that's what you're giving up. That's the cost. That's what you get. You're giving up the fleshly things um, to gain the spiritual things. Um, and then he says, you know, that even though our bodies are subject to death, that we're going to die, everyone's going to die unless Jesus comes back and, and he just takes us up with him. Um, but we're, we're subject to death because of the sin of the world. But he says that, you know, just because we're subject to death, we have the spirit. If we have Christ, we have eternal life. Mm. We have true life, abundant life. And then he says, uh, but if by the Spirit uh, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. And he says at the very end, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. We are children of God because of what Jesus has done, that, that cost that, that he went to, that he literally, we're talking about more figuratively, <laughs> but he literally took up the cross all the way up to the hill and was nailed to it for us. I would always encourage you, and, and, and I know in Peter, he, he also encourages to, I'm going to remind you about your salvation. I'm going to remind you of what Christ has done for you because when we remember those things, sometimes the cost doesn't seem as bad. Yeah. Now, hopefully it doesn't. Because if I remember what Jesus Christ has done for me, what he what he's paid for me, um, that debt that I had, that he's paid it in full, and by the grace of God, I have eternal life, sometimes those costs seem pretty insignificant, and they are. Um, like I said, little, little piece about Luke 14, it's good. Luke 14, 25-35 is good, and apply it to your lives, make it Make it that verse that you remember to basically to carry your cross and follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, so this week's uh, verse is Luke fourteen twenty seven. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciples. All right. Well, th that concludes this week's episode of Kingdom Faith. Thank you for listening. Let's try something new. Why don't you try to share the podcast with someone who you are trying to talk to about about the word about christ about his kingdom you know maybe not this episode maybe not our last episode or maybe whatever episode you think fits best if this episode fits best use it but you know share the podcast let's see if if phil and i can help you spread the kingdom all right if you have any comments or requests our email is kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And we want to thank you for listening to Kingdom of Faith.